You're listening to the Northside Christian Church Podcast. Find out more about Northside by visiting us online at northsideweb.org. Good morning, everybody, again. When I was, if you don't know my history, years ago, I spent 15 years, Brenda and I did, in the youth ministry. That's where we started out with kids. And one of my favorite things to do on family Sundays was to have what we called Sermon in the Sack. And so we're going to do that right now. I got the best guy to do this that I could ever dream of. Ken's going to come. He's going to sit in the chair. I'm going to ask all you children, all you kids, sixth grade and under, to come on up front and have a seat right down here on the floor. Sixth grade and under, come on down. Come on down. Just have a seat right here on the floor. Now the key to this is, no, no, turn around here. You got to face Ken. He's going to talk to you. Right here. Yeah, right there. Come around here. I want to talk to you. Come on over here, guys. Come on over here. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Keep, you have a seat right there. Good job, buddy. Good job. All right, key to this is somebody brings a sack with an object in it, and Ken doesn't know what it is, and he's going to teach us something by that object. So who brought the sack? All right, and Ken's going to take over. Should I just pull it out? It's a candy cane. Not, not in line with the one devotion that I prepared for. <laughs> um, actually, it's not even close. Mine dealt with Proverbs 26, where a dog <laughs> returns to his vomit. <laughs> so, yeah, so you can imagine my surprise with a candy cane. So, guys... <laughs> Um, this is, this is sweet. Um, you know, there are many things in life that just don't go our way sometimes. And, uh, sometimes we don't get to do what we want to do. Sometimes we don't, uh, receive the gift that maybe we were hoping to receive. Sometimes a friend that we want to be a good friend doesn't necessarily want to be a good friend back to us. And those are not good things. But the really cool thing is, is that we always have, as my son Joey was talking up here just a little bit ago, we always have someone to whom we can turn, and that is Jesus Christ. Because he is there for us, and he gives us everything we need everything we need. Um, And in fact, it's so cool what Jesus can give to us when we get to know him and we can talk to him and, 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 you know, through prayer, uh, reading scripture, getting to know God and and Jesus and, and, and a little bit more, that it becomes so sweet. No matter what this world offers us, that we can still turn to a Jesus that's like a candy cane. That's so sweet. I am really trying here, guys. I am really pushing it. Um, okay. Uh, 
so, so we do this, um, and, and so when you look at a candy cane this holiday season, just give the, that a reminder of no matter what happens this holiday season, I still have Jesus, and he is as sweet as it can get. Amen? All right. All right. Good job, Mr. Ken. You guys can go have a seat. Awesome. Give the kids a hand. (laughs) Sweet, Ken. Really sweet. (laughs) How many remember playing the telephone game in your classroom as a kid? Remember the telephone game? You, You say something in somebody's ear at the front of the classroom or the room, and it goes all the way around the room, and you hope at the end it is somewhat similar to what you started. I want to do that this morning. We're a little spread out, so some of you might have to get up a little bit, or if you're more mobile than the one sitting across from you, and I'm going to talk as you do it. Don't worry about that. But I'm going to start one over here with Mr. Dudley. All right, and he's going to pass it down here, and then however you do it, it needs to end up back there in the back. So we can go around here, around here, around here, all right? <laughs> You're going to mess it up from the start. Sorry. All right. Sorry to run. <laughs> oh, turn me off. All right, here it goes. Now, needless to say, the telephone game, as we will see, hopefully I'll remember at the end of the message, as we'll see when this thing ends up in the back, the telephone game is not a game that you want to use to share a message that's really important. And the greatest message ever shared was brought to the earth by Jesus himself. And what we need to be as a church, as we're in this all-in series and wrapping it up today, is all-in in sharing the message Jesus brought as we tell the world. Let me ask you a couple questions as we get rolling. What message did Jesus share? Listen to these verses from Matthew. See if you can come up with a theme that runs through that. Matthew chapter 4 Verse 17, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom has come near. Matthew 4, 23, read this with me. Jesus, one more, Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, let's read this together. Jesus went. Did you catch the theme running through all of it? Heaven. Heaven. Jesus came from heaven, brought the good news that there is a kingdom of heaven that everyone can go to. And he brought us the news as to how we, what we need to do to get there. The kingdom of heaven is where God is. It's a place of peace, joy, security, and perfection, and heaven is where God desires us to be for all 
eternity. He shared it with his disciples. He shared it with the religious leaders. He shared it with the crowds around him. Talked about specific attitudes that you and I need to have in life in Matthew chapter 5 through 7, known as the Sermon on the Mount. Then he was asked, Jesus, what's the most important commandment that we should carry out on this earth? Matthew 22, verses 37 and 39. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as who? Yourself. I like to simplify that. (laughs) It's easy. Love God, love people. That's it. Say it with me. Love God, love people. That's what we're up to. That's what he commands us to do. He also shared with those as he was on this earth what we needed to do to be united with God in his kingdom of heaven. And he said the only way to get there is through Jesus. The only possible way to get there. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, Jesus said. So you want to get to heaven, regardless of what you may hear, there is no other leader, religious leader, that can get you to heaven. Not Muhammad, not Buddha, not Confucius, not Dalai Lama. Jesus is the only one that saves. And he is the only pathway there. Well, what's he expect of us? That's the message he brought. But what does he expect out of you and I? Luke 15 is one of the first keys, and he would say, look for the lost. Look for the lost. Luke 15, he tells three parables in rapid succession. A lost coin, lost sheep, and a lost son. And you notice it it goes up as it goes on. It becomes more vital. Jesus driving home the point with all those. You're looking for something that's lost, meaning lost people matter to God, therefore lost people ought to matter to us. Remember one day he was walking around and he looked up and he saw a tiny guy in the tree. What was that guy's name? Zacchaeus. And he said, hey, Zach, want to do lunch? In fact, let's do it at your house today. And that tax collector came to understand who Jesus was, gave his life to him. And Jesus said, today salvation has come to this entire house. Jesus was always on the lookout for those who were lost. Hunger and thirsting for those who were lost. Matthew 23, Matthew tells us that Jesus even looked at the city of Jerusalem. And he wept. He cried. Why? Because of the lost people. And I always like to ask, and I always like to remind myself, and Tim's here today, he he shared this with me in a devotion backstage one time with the team. Well, when's the last time you cried over somebody that didn't know Jesus? When's the last time that you knew somebody wasn't going to be in heaven because they didn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ and you went to your room and you cried? 
See, that's how passionate Jesus was about lost people. It even brought him to tears. But in order for us to look for the lost and have that kind of passion, we have to realize, like we talked about last week, eternity is the goal. That's why we're here. This life is preparation for eternity, and whoever we can take with us, that's what it's about. And understand this, people don't need to be told they're going to hell. They need to be shown how to get to heaven. So as you share the message of Jesus Christ and we talk about this, we're not to beat people over the head with Jesus. They don't need to be told they're going to hell. They need to be led and shown how to go to heaven. That's why Northside's mission statement, you continue to hear me pound this, love God, serve others, win one, meaning we're all in, and that's what Jesus expects out of us. Not only to look for the lost, but also to love them. Love the lost. Robert Kuhn says, Roberta Kuhn said this. I love this. You have it? Here it is. Let's give them what so few people will. Our time, our hearts, our listening ears. I have discovered that people will most often come to love us before they come to love our Savior. People most often come to love us. Thus, we build a relationship with them. And then they come to understand who and what we're about, being Jesus Christ. The highest motivation for sharing our faith and telling the world about Jesus is love. Jesus said in John 13, 35, by this, all men will know you are my disciples, if you what? love one another. We'll share with you two ways to do this. Based on the story of the woman who was caught in the act of adultery in John chapter 8. You remember the story, the teachers of the law brought the woman before Jesus and said, teacher, this woman, she's been caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses commands us to stone such a woman. Jesus, what do you say? Then Jesus showed mercy by saying to her, let the one without sin, you go ahead and throw first. Woman's on the ground, okay, whoever of you is without fault, go ahead, throw it. And scripture says one by one, they went away. The self-righteous leaders did. Then Jesus said to her, where are your accusers? Is there anyone to condemn you? And in John 8, 11, she said, no, sir. He said, then neither do I condemn you. Lesson from that woman is simply this. There are many out there who are unfamiliar with who Jesus even is. There are many out there in the world that we associate with who when they think of religion and church, they think of steeples and they think of God who is in control, and they don't see Jesus as the hope giver, the life giver. And so you and I, our whole duty is to extend grace and love to them. Remember, as you get into discussions with people, this is not some debate to be won. This is a relationship to be formed. 
And because of that relationship, then people will come to understand who Jesus really is as we extend grace. Second part of that is express truth. He expressed grace to the lady, but then also the second part of that statement, many people stop where I stopped and they failed to finish the verse. The verse goes on, John chapter 8, verse 11. No, sir, she declared. Jesus said, then neither do I condemn you. Then Jesus said, go and leave your life of sin. That's true love. Grace and truth combined. I love you. I forgive you. Now it's time to get your life together. Now it's time to change your direction. And you might be thinking, you know what, Jeff? I'm really not an outgoing person. This is all good, what you're talking about, leading up on how to share Jesus, what he expects us to share of him. But I keep him hidden. I don't want to offend anybody. I keep him inside. I don't want people maybe to look down on me. After all, Jeff, I, I'm a real quiet kind of person. I could never do that. I can't speak out for him. Listen, maybe you can't, but the Holy Spirit through you can. Maybe you can't, but God's Spirit working through you can enable you to do things you could never imagine or dream. Andrew constantly lived in the shadow of his more outspoken brother, Peter. Yet every time Andrew's name is mentioned in the Gospel of John, he's leading someone to Jesus. So can you. If you choose to let your light shine. Barna Research shared a statistic a few years ago that scared me and still kind of irks me. It said the typical believer will die without ever leading a single person to the life-saving relationship with Jesus. A typical believer will die without ever leading a single person to a life-saving relationship with Jesus Christ. The stats on that, that's 95%. 95% of all believers who make up the church will die and go to heaven and not be accountable for helping taking anybody there with them. For the church of Jesus Christ to make the impact on this world that it is supposed to make, that's got to change. That's got to change. And if I can be really blunt, Jesus didn't save you. Jesus didn't save me so we could go to heaven. It's not about us. Jesus saved you. Jesus saved me so that we could share his saving grace and his love with as many people as possible while we're still breathing and take as many people on our coattails with us to heaven as we possibly can. That's why he came. 
He came to this earth to seek and save those who were lost. And he calls you and I to do the same. Remember the old hymn, old, old hymn, we don't sing it any longer. When we all get to heaven, it's saying, when I get to heaven, does that what it say? When, when I get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When I see Jesus, what's it say? When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. It's about all of us being all in, taking as many people with us as we possibly can. Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 and 16 through 16, you know this. He said, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Because we have been saved, because we have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, you and I should shine so bright in this world, bringing attention to Jesus and Jesus alone. Remember that little song? We hold our finger up. Remember the song, This Little Light of Mine? Kids, know it still? Kids, sixth grade and under, stand up again, guys. Stand up with me. Here we go, if I can remember it. But you guys help me. And then everybody else sing with it. Get your lights up. All right, everybody light up. Here we go. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Let it shine till Jesus comes. I'm going to let it shine. One of my favorites, hide it under a bushel. No. I'm going to let it. You're getting good. Hide it. No. Shine. All right. Give yourself a hand. You can sit down, guys. Good job. Question. How bright's your light? How well are you doing with that children's song? How bold and outspoken are you for the one who forgave you of all your sin? Are you shining or are you hiding him? Author Jim Putman wrote it pretty strongly. He wrote this. The church was not designed to be a group of spectators who attend weekly lectures. It was designed to be a trained army with a powerful message. All believers are the messengers who bring the message to others and then continue the process of discipling those who believe. One more time. The church was not designed to be a group of spectators who attend weekly lectures. 
It was designed to be a trained army with a powerful message. All believers are messengers who bring the message to others and then continue the process of discipling those who believe. It's again about us being all in. What would Northside be like if we were all committed to sharing the grace of Jesus Christ with others? What would your job be like, your workplace, if you were committed to sharing Jesus? What would your classroom be like, guys, if you were committed to sharing Jesus with your friends? What kind of an impact would it make? You might say, oh, come on, Jeff. That's your job. That's why we hired you and the staff at Northside. It's your all's job to win the lost, to share your faith. Okay. Yeah, if I don't win anybody to the Lord, I don't deserve to be in the position I'm in. So let's say I do my job and I begin to share my faith. And I, I win one. All right, I win one. You say, well, that's great, but you're still not pulling your own. I said, stay right here. I said, okay. I'm going to win another one. So, wow, you're doing great. You're doing good. All right? I say, well, yeah, but you can do better. Okay? So, I'm going to win another one. Now, it's starting to grow. It's starting to grow, right? Get it? In Acts chapter 2, the church grew rapidly. Why? Not because one guy was doing it all. It's because when everyone accepted Jesus, they were so fired up, they couldn't help but tell somebody else and then tell somebody else and tell somebody else. So it multiplied. It wasn't added to it, multiplied. So everyone went and got somebody and brought them. Catch it on, guys. There you go. And we went and brought it. It starts to grow. See? Starts to grow. Here we go. And then everybody went and got somebody else. Everybody else? Everybody went and got somebody. Bring them up. Everybody went and got somebody. And somebody else, see? Yeah. There you go. Now we're getting it. Now we're getting it. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. You get the idea. All right? Someone gets someone else. Someone gets someone else. It's a disciple becoming a disciple, becoming a disciple maker, becoming a disciple maker. And the church, what? Grows. Give these guys a hand. All right. Acts chapter 2, the church grew by multiplication, not addition. Acts 8 verse 4 says, those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. It was the church that grew the church as they looked for the lost and shared the love of Jesus Christ. It's all of us, all in. Here's what I want to do. 
When you came in this morning, each of you received a ping pong ball. This idea was shared with me over eight months ago. And I've had a picture similar to the fish tank on the stage in my office for eight months. Praying for the right time to implement this. And now's the time. What I'm going to ask you to do, this fish tank has go and tell on it what we talked about this morning. And from now until Easter, this will be in the lobby. And there'll be a pal of ping pong balls that you can pick up every single week, as many as you want. What I want you to do with this ping pong ball is when you share Jesus with somebody, I want you, there'll be a Sharpie here, you can get a Sharpie at home and write their name on it. Bring it back and put it in the fish tank. Get another ping pong ball or four or five. Becky Rowe on her own, I think, will have it up to here in two weeks. And you can share Jesus by inviting someone to worship. Christmas Eve, you know we're having it on the square at 5.30 on Christmas Eve. There are signs out in the lobby. If you haven't gotten one, please pick up one. Some of you picked them up. That counts. Just put neighbors on there because you had the guts to put that sign in your yard. Simple ways. You sit down with someone in your lunchroom at work, and you say, how's it going? Oh, kind of rough week. Well, you know, I, I know somebody who can really make you stronger and give you some hope. Can I just pray with you? And you sit and pray with them. Write their name down. Get creative on ways that you can share Jesus with other people. Write their names on it. And we'll help fill this thing up. We can hope we can fill it up twice. Wadsworth is doing the same thing. One church, two locations. They're starting it today, all the way to Easter. And let's just see how many people we can take to heaven just because we let the Holy Spirit move through us in whatever way that is for you. Now, right now, I'm going to ask the guys just to play softly behind you as I want you to get your ping pong ball. I just want you to look at it. Many of you probably can see a name that you already want to put on it. If you can't, right now we're going to spend some time in prayer. Either pray for the person who you know is the first person's name you're going to write on here. Or pray that God will lead you to whoever's name. Whoever it is that you need to talk to Jesus about, invite to worship, invite to Christmas Eve, whatever it might be. But just hold that ping pong ball. I'm better when you know me by now with objects. If I'm holding something, hold on to that and pray that God will lead you where his spirit wants you to go. And just spend some time praying over that on your own.
Who'd the message end up with? Ed, who, who, who's the last person? What, what, what do you got? Can you say it? Eric, shout, shout. Go ahead, Shannon. What'd they say? One more time. Tim went through the back door. How'd you get in this? Because his back hurt. The beginning message was, Jeff needs to go to the chiropractor because his back needs adjusted. (laughs) All right. You and I carry the most important message in the world as we leave this place. Jesus loves people. He died for them, whoever it may be, so that they can be in heaven one day. Love God, love people, go and tell the world. Appreciate you guys. Have a great week.